Welcome back. Welcome back. To Pop Opinions. Pop Opinions. Episode. Ooh, sugar beans. Uh, I'm on 26. That is correct. <gasps> Look at me go. I'm glad you don't cheat anymore and write which episode I it is. I did that like once and you were so frustrated with me. Because that's our whole gimmick at the beginning. I know. You think it'd be easy for me to remember. It's only one more than the last week, but and, a lot happens in a week well, in my especially, brain. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I have to give you credit for how much stuff you watch mm-hmm. because outside of you have your everybody has their comfort yours has now become Shit's creek yeah that you're re-watching but you also are trying to watch everything for golden globes and uh award season yeah and you're also re-watching the marvel cinematic universe yeah and which, then stuff for this yeah like it's that's i know i was gonna say to you today though i think i'm gonna have to knock the the this What's this called? Movie challenge. The movie challenge to just one. I think because now I'm back to work, I think like one is going to be sufficient, especially with the, all the Golden Globe movies coming up. I think it definitely can amp it up to two in about a month or so. But I think we're just for the next couple of weeks, just do one. And then and then because, yeah, I'm trying to watch Golden Globes like I've hammered out quite a few already since last week. So oh, let's let's hear about just you don't have to go like in depth, but just how about the ones you've watched so far? OK, so I watched The Five Bloods it's on Netflix and it is Spike Lee. Uh, it was good. I liked it. It was uh, there. So I'm going to say it doesn't ruin the movie. Everyone, don't worry. But there is somebody in it who's like really angry and he I really, really rubbed me the wrong way. But you kind of find out why. Like in the end. So then you're like, oh, now I kind of get it. But it's good. It's it's a really cool premise. And uh, it's it's not a it's not lighthearted, though. Just be forewarned. Uh, Ma Rainey's uh, Black Bottom, also on Netflix. Uh, Chadwick Boseman and um, Olivia Davis. Olivia. Viola. Viola. Oh, my wow, God. You really went dyslexic there. I really did. I swear sometimes I am. Viola Davis who uh it's in, she's incredible he's incredible it's very cool i liked it uh i watched mank it's um listen it wasn't for me but i can understand why i got nominated it was it's definitely an award movie you know one of those mm-hmm. that's and like um the movie i always think of that it kind of i don't think it got award consideration but it was made for the awards was uh the post mm, yes with uh, meryl streep and Tom Hanks, mm-hmm. right? Yep. About the uh, post, like Washington Post. Right? Watergate. I think it was during Watergate. Yeah, but that's... It was about worked. the Washington yeah. Post, yeah. And yeah. Bob Odenkirk. Bob Odenkirk was the best part of that movie. Yeah, but that one's definitely... It was an award one. And the last one I watched was Promising Young Woman, which you were kind of... You were at the table, so you kind of got a little snippets of it. Yeah, like I... I like, I don't have to watch it myself, because I was doing homework at the time, but like... What popped into just kind of, I, I understood enough. I also love um, Bo Burnham, who is her boyfriend. Oh, yeah. He was great. He is, because I know him, he's done like a few comedy specials and he like does like comedic music, which I found is kind of my genre. I really like that. Right. He's really, if you watch his stand up, you wouldn't like it because it's not that it's like overly crude, but I just don't think it would be it's a comedian. My, it's not my jam. No, but he's developed himself into he directed uh, a movie a few years ago eighth grade which was like such a well done movie for the anxiety of someone before high school and he just to stop doing comedy and now he's kind of thrusted himself into the film world which i loved seeing him in that like yeah. a pretty serious role it's um it's a really interesting movie i think carrie mulligan is a genius i think i i mean not that i expected anything else because i think she's just a genius anyway it's um yeah her performance is incredible the concept is something i don't know if i've ever really fully seen before so i like that was kind of a new kind of concept um it is um it's disturbing Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not a. That's disturbing. Not it's, it's something like along those lines. Maybe not disturbing. Like it's um. I don't know what the right word, guys. I'll figure out what the word is. Just so you know, we're about to hear some barking. Because there's Amazon packages, probably. Uh, it was someone. They looked really confused walking to the door. Mm. She was probably sitting there watching them. <laughs> oh, yep, there and it is. Cue the dog. Anyways, I highly recommend the movie because I do think it's worth a watch, but it is not a light. It's not a rom-com. Do not do not think it is because it is definitely not a rom-com. Um, yeah, 
that's what I'll say about that. So right. I'm I'm excited to see everyone else in her category so I can see kind of where she stacks up. Thank you. Look at us finishing each other's sentences. Sandwiches. Um <laughs> Did you watch uh Malcolm and Marie? Oh I did. Oh I love it. That didn't get nominated for anything, but I just hmm. watched it because it looks so fascinating to me. So it's John David Washington with Zendaya and the whole movie takes place first of all, it's in black and white and it's in one like kind of house. Looks like could be a beach house, but it's at night. Um, and it, it takes place all in one night and it's, they're having this epic fight and it's just kind of the ebbs and flows of this fight. It is so well done. The acting is great. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. All right. And I think that's the easiest transition into our movie challenge this week Yes, because the first movie, which I have to say, I watched it a few years ago and for an older movie, I think it has to be considered in my top 10. Nice. So 12 Angry Men, Mm -hmm. 1957, directed by, I wrote it down, uh, Sidney Lumet. Okay. Uh, It stars Henry Fonda as juror number eight, which the first thing about this movie, so it's about uh, 12, I was about to say journeymen, uh, a jury of 12 and 12 men. Yeah, because it's 1957. It's, It's very... I don't even want to say it's bad because it's old, but it's just something where it wasn't bad at the time because that's just what life was. Yes. Uh, so they're deliberating over the conviction of an 18-year-old who allegedly murdered his father. Mm-hmm. And he is, I think, I don't think they said which ethnicity. I think they said Hispanic, didn't they? I mean, I said that just because that's oh. what he looked like. But um, he's not white, which I think... the number one thing i love about this movie is it doesn't rely on characters you don't know anybody like you don't have any personal connection Mm -hmm. to any of these characters until the end of the movie two people introduce each other Mm -hmm. beyond that it's just this is juror number four this is juror number five Mm -hmm. and they don't say the kid's name they just have this conversation i mean usually in fighting form Mm -hmm. about if this kid is guilty or not that's a great, I couldn't have, there's no way I could have done such a good job explaining it. Like I tried to write it down, but I just, just like 12 members of a jury must deliberate like a guilty ver- verdict. But that boy, if they, if they do get, if he does, if he is found guilty, he will die. Like it's death sentence. So there's one juror who is Henry Fonda, who, when they first do it, um, when they first do the voting, he is saying not guilty and all the other ones are just like it's he's just guilty that's it and then it start it sparks this conversation what i loved about this movie and i don't think i've and i have definitely have never seen it before so what i loved about this movie is the writing is so well done and the flow of it and the tone of it is so well done that it happens all in one room. Okay, so they're in the jury box, was, the first scene. I was going to say, it's 99% of the yes. movie is in this jury room. There is an opening shot that is not in the in the jury room. Right. There's the courtroom and then at the end. There's yes. three scenes and one of them doesn't have any characters in it. Yeah. So it's basically just a play. It is, and it's so well done, and it's so fascinating to see how people, how people can be swayed, and how people can be uh, not swayed, but can, like convinced by evidence. It's not like everyone is just talking out of their ass. It is like at first everyone's like he's guilty. Like what what could happen? And Henry Fonda does a good job of just saying like I, I, this is someone's life. I I, I can't just accept that. Like, I need to have a conversation about it. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not saying he's not guilty. Like, I'm not saying, you know, I'm just saying, can we not just have a conversation? Do we not owe this kid a conversation? Which is so, you know, it was so brave of him, especially in that time of, you know, men are, you know, they have to be men and they have to be, you know, and, you know, the one guy wants to go to a ball game and the other guy, like, they don't care. And he makes them kind of stop for a minute and really... Let's just give this boy a conversation. Well, one hour or... Yeah, so he says one hour. And if you guys still feel the same way, then no problem. I'll change my vote and we can get out of here. Yeah. And just the way they break down... Because it's a... For a movie that's about an hour and a half, it there's only maybe like a couple minutes that feel like it's a bit of dead time. Right, right. But it's still just worth it because that's... 
it's not everyone's going to be hyper and screaming at each other the whole time. Yeah, no. Sometimes there's very intelligent conversations going on and very, you know, productive arguments. And sometimes, yes, there is screaming and it's just out of frustration and whatnot from either side. But I highly recommend it. I think it was great. And I'm so happy because I don't know if I would have watched it. Because, I mean, the title, 12 Angry Men, I'm like, I don't really want to watch that, you know? Yeah, the, the title doesn't do it justice because there's no way you can say it's 12, like... Jurymen? Yeah. Jury. Yeah. I, again, I keep wanting to say journeymen. Journeymen. <laughs> it just makes... I watch too much. No, I don't want to say too much sports, but right. that's just where my head goes. Nice. For sure. Definitely recommend. For a movie, again, 1957, we're not talking about uh, special effects or anything like that. It's just... The, that's the way I love describing it is it's just a play yeah. that they filmed. And that's why there's so many, there's obviously like cuts and you can see where they obviously couldn't film ev- the whole movie at once. Yeah, because you're moving around a room. You yeah, can't. But it's pretty continuous shots. Like there's not that much. I mean, I always think of, I love the Marvel movies, but there's so much like, especially in a fight scene, there's, we're changing a- angles every two seconds yeah. and you just get discombobulated when this is like such a slowed down pace and it's just very consumable and each you're exploring the morals and the values because so many people are just saying oh like look at him he's guilty Mm -hmm. there's a lot of them uh those people and they and them yes they don't understand these are their morals Mm -hmm. and the way they just kind of break down each character throughout and kind of see how they operate yeah and how they are doing their vote and you can also see how they probably go through life, right? Like it's very clear of how some of those men operate. And just set their, in their ways. Yeah, on their day-to-day life. And so it was really well done. Very happy we watched that. Yeah, And our second movie uh, <laughs> could not be more of an opposite movie. <laughs> right. uh, we have Train Spotting 1996, directed by Danny Boyle. It stars Ewan McGregor as uh, Mark Renton, who is a... Uh, I don't even want to say recovering. He is a heroin addict. Mm -hmm. And um, basically the movie is just about him and his friend's adventures. And trying to get clean and not always succeeding. And that's the whole thing. And and it'll be your friends that will not help you. That they're supposed to be the good influence. And as soon as it starts going right, there's one wrong turn and it goes downhill again. Yeah. The one thing about this movie that I thought was a bigger part was... Uh, McGregor's character sleeps with a girl like at a bar and then you find out like she's in high school and underage like below the legal age of consent and it's not really a big part I thought it was a bigger part of the movie yeah they don't really talk about it like they kind of address it and then it's kind of like put on the back burner yeah it's just this is over the only time you see her after she tries to blackmail him mm-hmm. into a relationship, which we both said is beautiful. It's, I mean, what a great way to start a relationship, right? And you better see me or I'm going to tell people we slept together. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> which again, and again, she does hold all the power in that situation, but he, him and his friends are just a mess. I, I have to say the two people you love, uh, Spud, who I didn't write down who's actor, what, who, who, like what his actor name was, but he is uh, a hilarious part of this movie, like just his character um who else was uh uh johnny John lee miller, miller. plays yeah. sick boy which the what i think most people would know him from his house like oh. the tv show oh i know him from sherlock holmes oh that is i guess that's probably a little more popular wait is that what you call it i don't think that's the name of it though but it's the one with lucy Liu. is yeah it's like isn't it not like Holmes or something yeah i'm not sure no Oh, Elementary. Elementary. Yeah, Because that's go. always the Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. That that's how on? I know him. Is from. that still on? No. Okay. Uh, the other one that I just found funny was uh, Kevin McKidd plays Tommy, who I don't watch Grey's Anatomy, but he is like I've seen him enough that I know he has a significant role in that show. Yeah, I think he played the like, chief or something. I don't watch it either, but I'm pretty sure he plays the chief. It's The, the guy's name is, is Ewan as well. Ewan Bremer. So this was also, this is a movie where, again, I watched a few years ago and 
I forgot how gross it was. Yeah. It's really gross. Uh, yeah. And it's, you know, maybe not the best movie for you and I to watch together. Cause no, there's a lot of, lot of sex. Yeah. And uh, which we're not opposed to. Just when we're together, we're opposed but to I it. But like, I feel like we've talked about this, that we just have the worst luck ever with each other. That yeah. we'll walk in on the other person watching a movie or TV show yep. and it's sex. Yeah. And I'll be like, buddy, like the whole, this isn't even about sex at all. But the minute you're in the room... There's people going at it. That was the last time it happened. It was Bridgerton where you said, this is the first time it's happened. And my <laughs> girlfriend watched it. I'm like, okay, it's a good thing I didn't keep walking in. Because I swear. Well, there's... once it starts, it doesn't stop. Yeah. But it takes a while to get to that point. <laughs> yeah, there was just, that show was just nonstop sex. It was just like one episode. And they were, okay, one there was epi- some honeymooning. One episode and that sequence felt like 25 minutes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> It, it was a little it Did was you hear the Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher yeah. story because he woke up and she she's like normally I go to bed at 930 but I was so into the show that I just kept watching and she said he woke up around midnight and was like are you watching porn because <laughs> it has yeah it's got a little it's got a little leaven in it pretty graphic so yeah this movie gross there's two the toi- oh yeah there's yeah, sorry yeah two really well done sequences but the first one is so Hugh McGregor is recovering and he gets these uh suppositories which if you don't know uh they go inside your butt yep uh he then goes to poop and drops them in the toilet first of all can we say where he's come on the worst toilet ever Ever. like just so disgusting that I think I would just hold it I would too or I would rather poop outside in the I don't know like that was the was the grossest thing I've ever seen and then to make to show just how ridiculous the movie is I could see oh don't throw up (laughs) uh he crawls into the toilet which is really well done of just like okay this is how ridiculous we're getting with this movie yeah well first he's just has his hand in the toilet yeah and then he goes in the toilet but yes uh, the other, what was the other scene? Well, I said the baby scene was pretty bad. Yeah. For me, anyway. There, Which I, you could see a mile away coming. Like, it's like I knew it was going to happen. There was a baby. They were doing a lot of drugs. Baby dies. Yeah. Just out of neglect. I wrote down a really good movie that makes me so uncomfortable. Yeah. The needle part of, like, I know obviously if you're doing heroin, there's a lot of needles, but I just, I didn't enjoy that. Yeah. I just... Not that it makes the movie bad because it's entertaining enough, but it just, I, I really don't enjoy watching people put like needles. Uh, when I get blood taken, I look at it now, but that's just because I want to be comfortable with it. I don't yeah. like seeing it on other people, I guess is what it is. My my whole thing, I think the movie was really well done as far as it makes you uncomfortable. And I think that's how it would, how I think it was just well done in that way because um, I, I would imagine being an addict is, these ups and downs and I think they did a really good job showing the reality of it however I don't I have a really hard time with like why people even start like I just we're watching them and then they shoot this thing in their needle and then they're laying on the ground like I'm like why would you want to lay on the ground throughout your life like I just I've so I had to really kind of check myself and be like hey this isn't about you and it's people are addicts and we have to you know there's only one story they tell that, not that the other ones aren't realistic, but it would be the most normal person getting into drugs, which is the Kevin McKidd, Tommy, his girlfriend breaks up with him after uh, his friends steal his sex tape. Yeah. Um, and then he starts doing it and it ultimately costs him. Yeah. it was That was really sad because he always said no, right? And then all of a sudden he just, I just want to try it. And then that was it. Uh, should we talk about the poop flinging scene? Besides the toilet scene, there's another scene. No. No? Okay. Spud poops the bed. And then he throws it all over a room. It it just it's fairly early in the movie, so it's just kind of setting up of this is make sense where where we were going. Yeah. With with Ewan McGregor's character, they do, like you said, a great job of the ups and downs mm-hmm. where there's so many times that he try like he's actively trying to get better and he locks himself in a room, goes absolutely crazy, which I think is the best sequence of the movie is he Not locks himself in the room. Not only does he locks himself in the room, is he boards it up like with a hammer with so he can't get out. Like it's so, he's so committed and he has like, a, this is what you need and he goes through everything you need when you're detoxing and he hammers the, this door shut and still can't do it. Nope. Uh, very chaotic movie. I definitely, 
another one that we recommend. Oh, yeah. I would totally recommend it. I mean, there's some really, really graphic scenes or gross scenes, but I think it's well done and I, the music's great in it. And Especially once you get to... My thing is I always like when you can narrow down a movie to the last probably like 45 minutes-ish. It gets to... It does a good job of, okay, here's a story we need to tell really quickly and they don't... It obviously is rushed because it's the last part of the movie, but they do a good job of uh, telling this story about selling drugs and, and yeah. getting the money, who's stealing money, yeah. who... And it did lead to a sequel. It did, yeah. Which a lot of people didn't like. Yeah, I've never seen it. I, I, me neither. Plus, I love Danny Boyle, I have to say. Like, when I was looking through his IMDb, he's got, like... He's got some real winners in there. Like he he can really set up a story or it's the way he films it. It's really um it's appealing to me. So, it's pretty happy with that one. All right. So, good week. Mm-hmm. Good week. Uh do you want to just choose a movie now? Yeah. All right. So, just doing one, right? Yeah, you go ahead. There you go. All right. And our movie. Oh, I was going to say there's only one on there. I really don't want to watch. What is it? Shutter Island. I've already. No. Okay. Um. This is no. You're gonna like this one. Number eighty six. Inglorious Bastards. <gasps> yes. I love this movie. I love it. So that will be our movie challenge for next week. Nice. I'm excited about that. I think also saying the Danny Boyle. I think it is gonna set up for in the next couple weeks. I definitely want to do the. Remember Deep this. Dive? The oh, not even that. I was gonna say the signature signature movies for oh, different yeah, directors yeah we could always do that next week okay. oh look at us uh, ma- making oh, plans already we really are all right uh before we get into uh rank the frank rank the frank yeah uh do you want to talk about wandavision okay but quick no yeah quick well i just don't want to give it away for people that's all i don't want to like because i was trying to think and i was like it was such a good episode it was a halloween episode it was there was a, a lot happened in it, but it's like you don't it's hard because you don't want to give away, especially the ending is so freaking good. And it just makes me excited for Fridays. Mm-hmm. Like it just really is. It's it's just fun to watch. That's the weird thing. Not even the weird thing, but the thing that kind of sucks about doing like having a podcast that comes out Thursday is that it's the day before. So by the time we're talking about it, we're kind of already looking forward to the next episode. That's very true. Yeah. This episode, I mean, I think the number one thing about this episode was that Pietro is not who we think he is. Yeah. I think he's the villain. Whether, I mean, I talked about Mephisto before. There's another villain and he said, I think it's Nightmare. So there's options out there. There's no way he could be Pietro and know that Vision had already died. Yeah. And he made a couple of comments that both you and I were like, "Mm, no, that's not. He wouldn't. He it just doesn't seem like him. It's a, it, they've done a good job, especially Evan Peters is an incredible actor. Oh, so good! But you could just see it. Wanda doesn't want to see it because she thinks it's her brother. But in all reality, there's something something sketchy going on there. Yeah. Um, the kids are great. Yeah. The twins are really fun. Now I can't remember their names. Uh, uh, Billy and Tommy. Yes. So in this episode, we discovered that they have powers. Yeah. And kind of. Uh, now I don't even remember which one is which, but no, I don't either. They, one of them is is like the brother, though. Yeah, Speed, and then pretty much the other ones like Wanda. Wanda. So good, good connection. It also they use they use the kid and his powers towards the end, which yeah. uh, going beyond the street. <laughs> That's why we're really trying to. <laughs> I just... know we're trying, but we don't want to. Don't go past Ellis Street. That's it, right? Yeah. Um, another part of hypotheses go ahead sorry um just realized our neighbor's home and we're parked in the driveway oh okay do you want me to no okay keep going um so a lot of people have been trying to think about like make connections to other marvel properties one in particular is hayward who's the director of sword he in i think it was an animated show mm-hmm. was actually ultron Oh. And like would turn himself into Ultron and James Spader has gotten credit in the show for Ultron the voice. I don't remember his voice being in the show. Like James Spader, Ultron. Uh yeah. 
that's my next movie. Um, so people have thought maybe that. Maybe it's that. Maybe he's Ultron because... Because this is happening in this time, right? Like there's nothing... It has to be, right? Because... What do you mean this, this time? Like, you know how when you watch sometimes a movie, it's like, oh, but this actually happened beforehand. But this, so, yeah, is, this is happening after Endgame. Yeah. I like, uh, I think a couple weeks after Endgame. Eek. Because. Fresh. The, what do you mean fresh? Like the wounds. Oh. The hurt. The yeah. grief. And um, the funny thing about it is now we have something in between Endgame and Far From Home because this takes place mm. before Far From Home. Okay. Um, yeah, the ending is absolutely ridiculous. I have to say for this next week, they're talking about who could be, because Elizabeth Olsen said there's the Luke Skywalker appearance. I think there's two ways they could do it. One is the astrophysicist that, uh, Jimmy Woo and Monica are going to see, which I told you, and I think it has to be your favorite theory out there that a lot of people like is Reed Richards, uh, Fantastic Four and played by John Krasinski. Oh my god, I'd be so excited. I don't know if we should look on his IMDB and see if he's on WandaVision. I don't I think that would have to be a complete surprise. Do you think they yeah? I don't know, yeah. I mean and I know people were leaking stuff. If they were gonna do that, I don't think they're they could I think they would keep that pretty locked up. Yeah. Um the other one is Magneto from the X-Men universe because a lot of people see Evan Peters who was from the X-Men universe and in the comics Magneto is Wanda and Pietro's dad. Oh. So those are a couple. Do you think it's hard though for people that don't have all this back information to really get the full effect of the show? Like I don't have all this back knowledge that you do. So I only have to take it at its face value of what I'm seeing. But mm-hmm. you have all this other. Well, the, I didn't. It's just more creates scenarios. Like I can just think of what could happen, but in terms of how they're doing the show, it doesn't really matter until they reveal what is. Yeah. Like what's next. But if you hadn't told me, I always say his name wrong, so I'm not going to say it because you always make fun of me. Pietro. Pietro. Yeah. That's okay. Good. Um, uh, if I wouldn't have known, well, I guess she does say his name though at the end. Okay. So, cause when he opened the door, you knew as soon as you saw Evan Peters, that that was the guy he played Pedro on the X-Men. Yeah. So I didn't know that. And I, I don't, I think I was the only person in the house that knew that. And then I started Reacted. asking people and, yeah. And then even like bef- right before that last episode, I'm like, wait, did you know who that is? And dad was like, no. Right. So I, that makes it. Yeah. The other thing about that though, is not that I knew it was coming, but there was the leak that a Spanish actor Mm-hmm. Um, said that he was doing the voice for Pietro mm-hmm. and like said Evan Peters. Right, right. So it was something that you could kind of see coming. Yeah. Uh, other than that, this next episode, first of all, the we have to have... I remember we've talked about uh, the pitch me idea. Yes, yeah. Jimmy Woo doing the X-Files in the MCU is going to... It has to happen now. Yeah. I, I definitely soon in the next couple weeks want to do the pitch me because there's a few Marvel ideas that I have. Nice. That are pretty common ideas, but my favorite thing right now on TikTok, Jimmy Woo has become just the Lord and Savior, and he's great. It, he is. He's really good. It started off with the close-up magic, then he punched a guy It just... Now everybody's going through the Randall Park IMDb and pulling up reasons why they watch shows. Right. Like, oh, I'm watching iCarly for the nostalgia. And they're like, just kidding. Jimmy Woo. <laughs> right. He's become this folk hero. I love right. it. Right. That's fun. All right. You ready for Rank the Frank? Rank the Frank. All right. Jack doesn't like my title. Well, just because you don't say Rank the Franchise. Right. That it's a franchise. <laughs> I like Rank the Frank, though. It rhymes. We had to really... We had, we had to... Um, not do marvel we were both like okay we can't do marvel this week because people are gonna think we're that's all we talk about all right so let's start with spider-man right Uh, (laughs) oh right right but we just did spider-man we didn't do like franchise like we didn't do like the whole marvel no universe i I feel like spider-man though is the place to start yeah because let's go because i was not good at this one because so i'm interested you told me you have three movies what are the three movies so i did Number three, I did Spider-Man Far From Home. Okay. I did number two as The Amazing Spider-Man. Okay. So the first one with Andrew Garfield, right? Yep. And then the f- uh, first one is Homecoming, Spider-Man Homecoming. 
Okay, so um, the no Tobey Maguire ones. Well, like I don't even remember them, and I have to say, I don't. Again, I try not to be mean, but Kirsten Dunst, who I think is a brilliant actress out of that franchise, she drove me crazy. Well, because she was always just the damsel in distress, and in every movie, multiple times she uh, was in some sort of peril. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the only three I really remember that I was like, oh, I remember liking these movies. So. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll give you my rankings. Okay. Uh, number seven, because there's seven movies. Uh, <laughs> uh, He's so frustrated with me. I love it. Not really. Uh, the Amazing Spider-Man 2. So this is the second one with Andrew Garfield. Um, God, there's so much wrong with this movie. Like when I was thinking about it. So Paul Giamatti is in it at like the very beginning for two seconds. Then at the end for two seconds, it didn't really make sense. Um the thing about Andrew Garfield, because number six is the first Amazing Spider-Man, mm-hmm. but the second one um, has Jamie Foxx as Electro, which is cool because they're bringing that character back for the new Tom Holland movie. But to me, it just seems like they're trying to retcon that mistake because the character didn't make sense. Spider-Man was nice to him, and then he didn't like him. Right. Uh, Andrew Garfield also, for me, he's just a little too like cool. For Spider-Man. Yeah, he's a good... He's a good Spider-Man. He wasn't a good Peter Parker to me. And you like, who's your favorite out of the three? Uh, Again, they all... They bring, I know they all bring kind of something So for me, it's Tobey Maguire was the best Peter Parker. Okay. Andrew Garfield was the best Spider-Man. Tom Holland is the best at doing both. Right. I agree with that. Um, Yeah. Also, in in this one, there's a lot of, because in the first one, Dennis O'Leary is like sacrifices himself. So it's just the ghost version of him looking at like Andrew Garfield to be like ghost dad and protect my daughter. Right. Which he doesn't do. Uh, (laughs) Number six is the first Amazing Spider-Man. It's better, but it's still just, it's just lacking for me compared to the other ones. Yeah. Uh, Number five, I have Spider-Man three. So this was the third installment of the Tobey Maguire, which was going to set up for a fourth because uh bruce campbell was in all three spider-man movies and he had a different job each time and he was going to end up being mysterio which was jake gyllenhaal's character mm-hmm. the third one for me it's where you get emo spider-man and he changes his hair like he pulls it all down to his face and he walks through the streets like because he has all the confidence he's pointing finger guns at people uh there's like three villains in it um they have i can't remember who sandman was who actually had a like compelling story but they just ignore him for like half the movie. He accidentally killed Uncle Ben. Ugh, I hate it when that happens. Uh, Topher Grace is a reporter and then he becomes... So in this one, Tobey Maguire becomes... Uh, there's a symbiote, which is like Venom, like bad Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And Tobey Maguire gets it at first. That's why he gets all edgy and he kisses Gwen Stacy, even though he was dating Kirsten Dunst, like Mary Jane. And then Topher Grace gets it with like 30 minutes or like 20 minutes left in the movie. So then Spider-Man has to fight both of them. Really just out of the three of them to me, it was just, it was really lacking. Yeah, when I was looking it up, they, people said that was the worst one out of the Tobey Maguire ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four, I put Far From Home and I love it. Wow. <laughs> Actually, mine's three. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. Not, not that much different. It, yeah. The only thing about it, when I was thinking about like Spider-Man as a character, this one felt, I mean, obviously it's right after Endgame, or I guess now WandaVision is right after Endgame, but a lot of Tony Stark, and I think the Spider-Man character is slowly developed into a little Tony Stark, right. is what they try to make him as this like really smart, and he builds his suits. When in the other one, like in the Tobey Maguire ones, he gets bitten by a spider and he just gets the spider webs like out of his arm. Right, right. So it's a little more natural. So Far From Home at four. And then I put the original Spider-Man at three. Just a good like origin story. Uh, Willem Dafoe as Green Goblin. I just, just don't remember them. I wish I did. You know me with my memory though. I would definitely say at some point rewatch them just so you can compare all three. I'm all just right. at some point you're watching just a billion movies right now trying to stay up. I have to watch them right now. <laughs> um, 
So original Spider-Man number three, number two, Homecoming. It just wow. It just does such a good job of. He's just a kid, and they really make him that way. Great job with Michael Keaton. Uh, The whole time you're like, oh man, he's the villain. This is crazy. But by the time you get that reveal that they both find out who each other are, it's a great moment. Yeah, in the car. No. Yeah, in the yeah, car. In the car. Oh, uh, you just hesitated, like. Well, I didn't know if I was like, am I allowed to say that? It's a great scene because you can feel the uncomfortable, awkward. I don't know. You can just feel it. It's that's good. why. That's why to me, Tom Holland did the best of both because he just feels like such an awkward high school kid. He does. He's so cute. And number one for me is Spider Man Two. Okay. So it's the one, it's Alfred Molina plays uh, Dr. Octopus. Oh, I actually remember that one. So they've also are bringing him back to the new Tom Holland movie. Mm-hmm. It's the one, he loses his powers for a kind of inexplic- inexplicable reason, but it's, I don't, I don't know. I think just Dr. Octopus was really good. It's the one where he stops the train. Okay, yeah, yeah. And they just kind of all give him like a, what's it called when people like, uh crowd surfing oh yeah yeah but he just is so like tired because he stopped an entire train exhausted it's exhausting being a superhero and james franco james franco is his friend turned not friend and then by the third one they're friends and not friends again it it's yeah it's good i spider-man 2 is my favorite one okay surprises me i thought it'd be homecoming as well there you go i'm full of surprises you really are what's next uh Let's do let's do Toy Story next. Oh my next. god, I was totally gonna say let's do Toy Story. Okay. Um. So obviously a little more simple that we have four movies to choose yes. from. I did all four. That's good. <laughs> I'm very proud of you. Thank you. Uh, what is your number four? Uh, Toy Story three. Ooh. Okay. Mine's Toy Story two. Interesting. So, Toy Story two is uh, Big Al's. Uh, not farm but he's dressed as a chicken yeah and it's the prospect you get introduced to jesse oh i love jesse my i only said three because i found that one darker and it was like scarier yeah it's oh. just <laughs> you're like yeah from the gap in time they had toy story 2 came out in 1999 and uh toy story 3 came out in like 2010 they had right. such a big gap that Obviously, if, if you were, like, really young seeing that, it's terrifying. For me, it's the Revenge of the Sith. Right. I was, I was, not that I was too young to see it, but it was pretty... Oh, no, you were definitely too young. We'll get into that one. Okay. Um, I didn't think we were. I shouldn't have brought it up. <laughs> Toy Story 2, it's just because of... It feels like it's just trying to repeat the first one for me. Right, right. So that's just... that's why. Okay, I well, it's it. my number three, Toy Story 2. Toy Story 2 is my number three. So four or five. Yeah. Okay. Um, my number three is Toy Story four. Wow, it's a good. I am so shocked right now, you guys. Like that's crazy. I could have switched because my number. I think we can just kind of say it now. My number two is Toy Story three. Okay. I for me, I guess we can just talk about Toy Story three now because I I liked the darkness of it. Right. It got a little like really morbid at the end when it was like. They were about to die. Yeah. Not a great moment, but I, I I enjoyed the darkness of it. Oh, there you go. I'm just surprised because Toy Story 4. Where do you have Toy Story 4? At 3. Right. But I could have, I could, 2 and 3, so Toy Story 3 and Toy Story 4 are pretty interchangeable for right. me. Right. Because yeah. that's, again, another nine years in between movies. Yeah. Toy Story 4 does a good job of it's a nod, it's nostalgia. It has I just a- thought it was so well done. Like I liked the I, I liked the um what what was the like an antique shop? Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. Again, like, not not like it was it wasn't scary. There was the creepy yeah, dolls. No, there was definitely some scary parts, but it had a it was lighter to me than the three. I just think it was well done. Or it might have just been like, wow, it's been so long since we've seen these characters. So I put Toy Story 4 at number two. Okay, so we're both going to agree on number one. Toy Story 4, also my favorite part of Toy Story 4 is Duck and Bunny, played by Key and Peele. Yes. They're such a good comedy duo. And I remember when I was rewatching their show during our Christmas break. They were just such a good duo. And I, I loved seeing them. I don't want to say back together, but yeah. seeing them together. Seeing them, yeah. Or I guess hearing them. Cause, yeah. Because <laughs> animation. Yes. Uh, number one, I think it's pretty simple. 
first Toy Story. It's the first one. I mean, I watched that one probably five billion times because Jack's, it was his favorite movie as a kid. It was the only one I could get him. Like he was, he's a, you, you were a mover and a shaker, which is great. I mean, not that I want you to sit and watch TV, but the only time you would sit still and whatever was Toy Story. I told him. I know. Um, um, so it, it's the only time that I could really get you to like that you and and you were the type of kid like you could put it on if you were sick say and you were like whatever you could watch it and then this is back in the day I'm gonna date ourselves but we'd rewind the tape and then you could watch it again like you were like so obsessed with Toy Story yeah I mean it's something where even watching it today it's 1995 so you would think the animation wouldn't be as good obviously it's not as good as 2010 or 2019 but it's still really holds up yeah for no me. it's great it's really good i mean buzz lightyear is hilarious because he really thinks he's like a space like he's gonna save the world mm-hmm. and so he has that realization and then i don't know it's just like the characters are just it's so good it's such a cute movie All right. uh what do i want to do next uh star wars Oh, this is the order that I wrote, like that I was ranking them in. Nice. All right, so Star Wars, we decided that we're gonna stick with the uh, Skywalker saga, so the nine movies. Nine movies. This so th- is really hard for me because I, again, I don't remember the Hayden Christensen, Natalie Portman ones. Those three, I don't really remember those ones. So I had to like kind of whisper to Dad, like I was like, "Hey, what happens in this one? What happens in this one?" So. Yeah, we may disagree. That's uh, okay, for me, the top three are untouchable. Four through nine are pretty interchangeable. Right. Depending okay. on just watching them again. Because that's something I'm definitely going to do soon as yeah. we watch those. Okay. Uh, number nine. I put Revenge of the Sith. Wow. I, I definitely have it a lot higher. So for me, I think the movie was ruined because I had the two of you with you and your sister with me and I was mortified at what was happening on the screen that I don't think I ever gave that movie a full appreciation. You guys were so traumatized by that movie. You were too young. I did not realize it was going to be that dark and that scare. I should have because we knew what was going to happen in that movie. Um, but I think it ruined the movie experience for me. Like we went to the theater, we're so excited about it. And you guys were both like traumatized by it. It's, it's a really dark story, but then watching it since it was just, it was a scary thing to see. But yeah, if you know the story going in, you can kind of expect what's going to happen. They definitely did it in a darker, I don't want to say darker way than necessary, but a darker way than what kids would expect. Yeah. So. That just kind of ruined it for me. So what's your number nine? Uh, the Last Jedi. Okay. So that is the middle three wow. of the sequel trilogy. Um, they have, there's some good sequences, obviously. Uh, Rey is now training with Luke Skywalker, and she's trying to turn Kylo Ren to the light side. There's the cool sequence um, where Kylo Ren and Rey are fighting in that, like, throne room mm-hmm. against all, like, the very red, very red scene. Yes. It just didn't really strike a nerve as much with me. All right. I have it much higher, but that's okay. That's, that's maybe maybe we just flip these two movies. Maybe. Uh, number eight. Uh, I did Attack of the Clones. Okay, I did too. Okay. It. Again, I didn't even remember. I had to ask Dad. I was like, what happens? And I got to say, for a Star Wars lover, he didn't give me a whole lot of information. He actually said these words to me. It's where they make clones. So I was Attack like, of the clones kind of awesome. It <laughs> was really helpful. <laughs> he couldn't, you could tell by his blank stare at me that he wasn't entirely sure either. So I'm like, I'm pretty sure eight and nine could be interchangeable. Then like, I was just like, whatever. Right. Yeah. If to me, it's the only reason it's a little better than the last Jedi is just the sequence they have when Obi-Wan, Anakin and Padme are all chained up mm-hmm. and they have these like different monsters that are going to kill them. They all find their different ways to survive. Right. That just kind of cool, I guess. Yeah. All right. Uh, number seven. I did Phantom Menace. Uh, I put Rise of Skywalker. Wow. Okay. Uh, Phantom Menace, I can say, is six. Okay. Um, it gets hated way too much. I think a lot of people, and it's a lot of these movies, people just hate them way too much. Yeah. Oh, I'm not a hater. I just, some just resonate more with I think you. I meant more like hardcore Star Wars fans yeah. that also like 
if you say, oh, I like this movie and they don't like it, then they just say your Star Wars opinion isn't worth it. Right. It's a very toxic fan base. Yeah. And Phantom Menace, it has the pod racing, which is really cool. Yes, it is. And I like he's little and cute. That's. And then the kid got bullied. Yeah. A lot for playing that role, which really go back. If you go back and watch it, if you're expecting some cinematic masterpiece like 12 Angry Men or Citizen Kane. Right. It's not that you're there to have fun. Yeah. And a lot of people can't seem to do that. No, calm it down, everybody. Holy. So yeah, it's, uh, what's your number six? Uh, the For- Force Awakens. Okay, that's my number five. We're it, Okay, we're just going to go. Breaking it down yeah. pretty. Uh, Force Awakens is the first one. It does a pretty obvious. Well, you got to set up a story. So it's, yeah, like it's, it's good. It's just, you know. It's a little slower. It yeah. It feels like it's a new hope. It's kind of the same type of movie, mm-hmm. especially for the big twist in the movie i guess you can say yeah they do a good job of tying you to characters emotionally and then ripping them out from under you ripping the ripping our hearts out yes um yeah again just the sequels get hated way too much yeah yeah i know people just i don't just like it whatever right yeah so that was so your five is force awakens yeah so my five is a new hope, which is, again, what you just said was similar. Like you're just setting up kind of a new story, right? So it just, it, they're always a little bit slower. I'm not saying I hated them, but they're just not, you know, you're just setting it up. It's necessary to have a setup story. Mm-hmm. It just isn't the one that I would say is my favorite. Especially a new hope. It's the first one. We're talking 1977. So the way that it holds up, I think, makes it a lot more impressive. And I'm pretty sure, I don't know if this is for sure, but at the time, it wasn't called A New Hope. It was just called Star Wars. It seemed like it could have just been a one-off movie that turned into this ridiculously huge franchise. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. It's I, have, I have a little higher, but. Okay. So five, four? Uh, my number four is Revenge of the Sith. Okay. Because watching it again, I just, because I wasn't scared, well, also I, I know, knew what happened at that point. It's so well done. The battle between obi-wan and anakin is so well done yeah and obviously it's really dark but it so wait sorry what was your nine was it last jedi Mm -hmm. oh my god so our four and nine were completely flipped that's so funny that's that's the fun thing about star wars is again movies just resonate with you differently yeah totally yeah because i put four as last jedi so our four and nine are completely flipped. That's so funny, though. But then it, it is interesting that we have almost every movie in between the same. Like, we're going to have... I think our top two are going to be the same in a different order. Yeah, maybe. Well, because my number three is A New Hope, which we already talked right. about. Right, and my number three is Rise of Rise of Skywalker, which was your number, like, eight or something, right? Uh, seven. Seven, yeah. It's just... Well, I just love the scene with them in the water when they're on that... Whatever they're on, what is oh, it? Oh, like, like a, a, it's a crashed, uh, crashed spaceship from uh, from Return of the Jedi. Oh my god, that scene! And there's like water splashing all over, and you just—I don't know—I just feel like you get so much from that scene, and I really liked it. And that's where you just Kylo is like so close, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I loved it. It just—it it was like entertaining, and it made me a little weepy. Oh, for sure. It's definitely, definitely the most hit me in the feels emotional movie. Yeah, I think why I put it so low, and it's just the frustrating part about the sequel trilogy is John Boyega's character just kind of gets thrown to the wayside, Mm. and it feels like there's no character development the whole time. He's trying to tell Ray. Everyone's like, "Oh, he wants to tell Ray that he loves her." It's not that. It's that he can also use the Force, and we just don't get to hear about it. I really hope that. Um, similar to the prequel trilogies from the late 90s, early 2000s, they made a show, The Clone Wars, like an animated show. I hope they do that with the sequel trilogy because it just adds so much more context. Mm, right. So hopefully that's possible. I just wish John Boyega was more of an impactful character in these yeah. movies. Yeah, because he had so much, right? I don't know. You know me and my Poe. Poe, yeah. right? Yeah. I love my Poe. Yeah, it's- Oscar Isaac. Uh, just from i think that must be the force awakens when they do the um uh yeah i'm here to uh, calling general hux you know <laughs> hux uh tall guy pale bl- uh, red hair he's like i can hear you can you not hear me i'll just wait i'll just wait until or even i actually think that's the second one the first one is when he's with kyle kylo ren and he's getting captured and he's like 
do i talk first you talk first right who talks who you talk first you it, he's so funny he adds so much humor because i love that kind of humor it's just so dry and yeah i love he's my he's my favorite character in that besides ray because she's kick-ass but and that's another one where a lot of tox- toxic star wars fans just oh she's too overpowered and she has plot armor and she could never lose right haters yeah. people don't like to see women succeed <laughs> uh number two yes empire strikes back okay so we have it the same i have nice. empire strikes back at two i think it was hard for me though i really had to really think about it because i love i mean you get your your classic star wars line first of all that everyone gets empire. wrong right so i'm not gonna say it what is it i am luke i am your father no so that's what everyone thinks oh. it is so he says you told me your father uh obi-wan never told you he's like he told me that you killed him he said no i am, I am your, your father. father so he doesn't say luke no okay but that's what every every other time it's referenced it's luke i am your father yeah. it's one of those mandela effects where it just if you don't remember the conversation which i'm never gonna like be upset about but watching it again you're like oh yeah it's just in the flow of the conversation he wouldn't say luke i am your father he'd just say no because he's right there like he knows yeah you don't Luke, I am your father. Okay, well, you're talking to me. Who, <laughs> yeah, else? who else are you talking to? And Empire and Strikes I, Back, it's a great, they have a great fight before that. Mm-hmm. And I like the little, the little, sorry, the huge machine things that they walk. Oh, the. Uh, what are those? Uh, AT, oh, there's two. I think it's AT, AT is like the big, like four-legged ones. Yeah. And the two-legged ones is an AT, ST. Right. Wow, that's amazing. You just pop that off the top of your head. Anyways, that's, yeah, but I was, when I was debating between my kind of top two, I really had to think about what, what did I get out of them and what did I really like? And yeah. I think uh, Empire Strikes Back is the more popular choice because of that, that reveal and that shock. Yeah. But my number one, and you're agreeing with me here, is Return of the Jedi. Yeah, it just is it's just everything you want in a movie. Like you kind of get, you know, it's wrapped up. It's, you got the little Ewoks, you get like, it just is, it's really well done. Right. Just even from the beginning, Luke Skywalker comes to save everybody and he has to kill this, uh, this giant gross monster. And, uh, they're going to get thrown in the Sarlacc pit, like the big, uh, big monster thing, which is in the ground, which also comes back in the Mandalorian, which was a cool mm-hmm. way of tying these stories together. Uh, Luke with the green lightsaber. It's just the thing I will always remember. And it'll always be my lightsaber choice because right. I just, I love him in the all black and he's going to go jump in Jabba. This is your last chance. And he jumps and he grabs onto the board and flips over everyone, catches the lightsaber and jabs him. What? I don't know. Jabba, Jabba the Hutt is like on the on the thing. He's on like a ship, boat, whatever right. across from them. Yes, yeah. That's where he assumedly kills Boba Fett, who survives, and that's mm-hmm. such a interesting story. Is that the one where they get? Um, oh my God, Han Solo is frozen. Yeah, Leia unfreezes him, and then uh, he's in a new, in Return of the Jedi. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. He, then he's blind. Right. And then he tries to save Lando by shooting the like the monster and he keeps shooting him because he can't see <laughs> i thought you were blind i am <laughs> yeah it's great moments nostalgia and, and the way especially because until disney bought star wars it was kind of the end of the star wars story yeah and it was a good way of tying it up yeah it's a good one i like that one all right our last one this was really Really hard hard. like you're (laughs) so hard you're really splitting hairs between these movies it's mission impossible like so hard yeah all right there's six okay good i wanted to because they stopped counting after three and i guess you can just say there's three after that but i just wanted to make sure i didn't miss any yeah there's six all right number six mission impossible two this is i i kept going back and forth between six and five i ended up putting mission impossible two at six as well it just Mm -hmm. 
there's just something lacking Something's from it. La- yeah, like it wasn't. I liked Handy Newton. I like I, I you know I like her. There's some good car scenes. It's or motorcycle or something yeah. something like that. It just there was something a little lackluster for, comparable to what we see later. I think that's where I where I was like it was probably good then, but then when you see what is up now, it's like yeah, it wouldn't be one I would pop on for sure. Well, I mean, if you're gonna watch all of them. Yeah. I don't think you're just going to skip two. No, I wouldn't skip two, but yeah. Number five? Mission Impossible 1. Same. Again, yeah. I, I was debating back and forth. I was too, but I was like, y- you need Mission Impossible 1 to get caught up, but it's not, it's, it's a little bit of a slower burn. The nostalgia part of it just doesn't resonate with me as much. It is a good story of there's this spy group together and they just start getting picked off one by one yeah. and then it's just him and... Again, you. this is when they, well, I mean, it's the first one, so it's the mask reveal, and oh my god, this guy we thought is dead is alive. The end of it still just, like, from what I remember, I just remember it being corny. Yeah. They definitely upped their game, for sure. But we do have to give credit to the, uh, I don't even know what to call the scene where he's getting rappelled down, and there's sweat, and yeah. there's so much drama yes, to it. Yes, yes. Another... Like the No, I Am Your Father has gotten repeated so much in different TV shows and movies. Right. Yeah, no, for sure. It is good. So this is this is when it becomes, we get it's, to the top four. And I it's, know. I know. I feel you because I was like, I don't know. All interchangeable. Okay, number four. I put Fallout. Me too. It just, as great as it is, it's the most spectacular one because it's the most recent one. Yeah. It just... There's something, even... you know what, it, for me, when I think of it, I just, there's something, it seems a little more chaotic to me. There isn't a, it, for me, it wasn't like a direct storyline. Like, it's like one minute we're at the camp with his ex, with his ex-wife. It's like, I know there was a lot going on. I did not like the helicopter scene. I thought it was so over the top. Like, I think it just, it for me, it, it didn't ruin the movie. But it, for me, it, that was when I was thinking about it. I was like, nah, that one's out because it had things I didn't really like about it. Whereas my top three, three were very like, I'm very passionate about liking these top three. (laughs) Right. And I think the best part of this movie is the Henry Cavill and Tom Cruise fight scene in the bathroom. Right. Yeah. Where they're fighting someone in the bathroom and Henry Cavill again, we just, I really just think of him as Superman Uh and then seeing him in this role, he does a really good job. Yeah. No, he does. And Angela Bassett, like I like the movie. It just isn't it wouldn't be yeah it's just number four that's all all right number three ghost protocol oh we were on such a good streak we were but i think you know how much i love this movie yeah so i'm gonna say we're gonna hold off until okay okay go uh my number three is rogue nation okay um i thought i actually thought i liked this movie more than you did a rogue nation yeah because it introduces Re- rebecca ferguson they have Okay, I'm not gonna say where I ranked it, but it's higher, obviously, for me. Well, yeah, I, I, I get, I get, <laughs> I, I guess know. let's do what's what's your two then? Mission Impossible three. Okay, that one's the same. Right. Philip Seymour Hoffman is the rabbit's foot. Wasn't Carrie Russell's in it where he used to save her? It's um, I love three actually. Yeah. Remember, I was like, no, I don't really like three, and then I thought about it, I was like, oh my god, I loved three. What I was thinking. Three was your favorite until we got these next three. Yes. Which I I thought Mission Impossible Three would be your number one. No, mine was Rogue Nation because I love Rebecca Ferguson. I think she's so I didn't know who she was before this movie. But I like when she saves him, like I like that scene. Isn't this the water scene too? When they go underwater? Yep, he's holding his breath underwater. Oh, that was a toughie for me. Um, then you have the car chasing scene. You have the villain is like Lane. I don't remember what, like, what his name in real life is, but he's such a good villain because he doesn't go on monologuing. The thing that they do that's really good is he captures Simon Pegg in this movie, and mm-hmm. he's monologuing like there's a thing in his eye where he can see Tom Cruise yes. or Ethan Hunt, whatever, and he has an earpiece in, and he's using Simon Pegg to monologue. Yeah. And it's such a good job. He has a bomb strapped to his chest and it's this high pressure moment. And the way they end it, and they were trying to tell you the whole time this is how they wanted to end the movie. Right. But then once you get it, you're like, ah, why didn't I think of that? Like they do such a good job of this villain. How are they going to get him? And once they do, Mm -hmm. perfect. Yeah. No, it's good. I love the whole cast of them all working together and stuff. So Ghost Protocol, tell me. 
because that's your number one. It's my number one. Okay. Maybe it is a nostalgia thing with it. I think it starts off great. They have uh, uh, her name because she was Paula in the, Patton. Uh, no, oh. the very beginning is Paula Patton's husband in the movie gets killed by mm-hmm. uh, Leah Sedu. Okay, because she's also in a James Bond and really good in that too. Oh, she plays a great villain. Mm-hmm. And eventually, obviously, they have their fight. But you add Paula Patton who I think is only in this movie. Yeah, I think so, yeah. And then you add Jeremy Renner, who's had a further impact in the franchise. Obviously, you have Simon Pegg. You have so many. I just remember this movie being so funny. In my head now, when I'm thinking about it, I think I would switch Rogue Nation and Mission Impossible 3. Right. I think I'd put Rogue Nation at 2. Yeah. But Ghost Protocol, it has the moments where, like, I want to wear a mask. Right. Why can't I wear a mask? (laughs) And then, obviously, we've talked about the blue glue. Red, dead. Dead, yes. Very funny and for it being so over the top he's just climbing up a building right like it isn't as ridiculous as some of the other ones but then when you when he's off the building they have that awesome scene where he's running in the where are they they're in dubai and it's like a sand storm and he's running through a market in a sandstorm it's incredible it's a great scene for sure for sure it is again right my top three could be depends what i have seen most recently and what i'm like no i like that one yeah it, it is a franchise where because as we've been saying these things, there's something that we've definitely forgotten from some of these movies oh, that we for love. Sure, right? I know. I had to like again. You start when you have a whole series of things. They start. It's just one big story in my head, and I have to be like, okay, hey, I had to watch like trailers and be like, right, this happens. And once I saw him tied up and Rebecca Ferguson, I was like, this is definitely where we see her first. Because I know she's in Fallout too, but this is where we see her first. And this is, you know, they have the opera scene. I was going to say the opera scene is mm-hmm. definitely the best part where you, it's a moment where who's on whose side, yeah, like what's like happening. What, who's, yeah. And it's, and then you get Simon Pegg back, right? Where he's at the opera and yeah, it's a good one. I like. This is fun. I, I liked doing these. Yeah, it was really fun. It's, it's always fun to go back to especially movies you love or franchises you love and then see kind of what was your favorite one, right? Mm-hmm. All right, uh, we already picked our movie for next week, Inglorious Bastards. So excited. A good Tarantino story. It's always a good one. All right, Casey, got anything else? I got nothing else. All right, and besides that, we'll see you next time. Bye.